Welcome and thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D Show, episode 416. I am your host, Bob Waltonspiel, hanging out with producer Randy Walker. Guest this week, the illustrious one. You might know him from the old days in 97.1. You might know him currently from uh, 94.7 WCSX. Or you, I know him as the president of Podcast Nation, Mr. Bill McAllister. How you doing, sir? Hello, guys. Welcome. Uh, thank you for uh, having let me be a part of your show. Um, back when I was at 97 won the ticket, we used to say, okay, here's the big players in town. Drew and Mike, Dick Purton, IT and the D. So I, we, I believe we, you. We knew that was our competition. So uh, no, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on. You're not going to make me do radio guy voice, are you? Only if you want to. We'll do some Arthur P. Sucker coming at you. But hey, you can find us online at itandthed.com. Do us a favor. Give us a like on the socials. Subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. You know what, Randy? I haven't done a rant in a while. You have and, not. Uh, I used to do some classic rants, Bill, uh, mm-hmm. where Gabe would play the Godfather in the background. Oh. I would just go off on things like slow roll and things that just pissed me off over the weekend. <laughs> and this weekend, I am literally, I, I'm floored. I'm still, I'm still beside myself on how much of a pile of trash the movie Gremlins is. Oh, um, wait, are you talking about the original? Like the yes, 1984? Steven, Steven Spielberg, OG Gremlins. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm here with my, my soon to be eight year old daughter, and I'm like, she wants to watch a Halloween movie, and it's listed under horror, and I go, I remember gremlins like the worst thing that happens is it you know blows up in the microwave and it's, microwave. Not, really, right. it's not a horror movie so i watched this pile of trash and it's fine right it's your classic 80s movie phoebe cates like i don't right. know the guy's name and like the dad was the uh, bow bridges i think and it's it's christmas eve so i'm like mm-hmm. wait everyone argues about die hard and home alone why isn't Gremlins in that argument, right? So first off, that that's pissing me off. And then number two, everyone always talks about Jenny Gump and like Grandpa Joe being like piles of human trash. <laughs> but the dad in Gremlins, hands down, is the worst human being in the history of film. Was that Hoyt Axton? Oh, I, I thought it was Bo Bridges. I, I don't. I don't. Well, remember. maybe it was Bo Bridges. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. He had that, that like he's got a real super distinct voice. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, if you, if you don't remember, if you've, it's been a while, like he's an inventor, right? He's got all these stupid gadgets and toys and um, everywhere he goes, he tries to sell it. Well, on Christmas Eve, he bails out of the house to go to a, like a convention. He calls his wife from a pay phone. On Christmas Eve. Yeah. And then he's like going to gas stations trying to sell like this ashtray while the wife is home alone like killing gremlins with blenders and knives and in microwaves and this pilot and then like the whole town and they, they you know they incinerate them in the theater and then like dawn approaches right it's like what's dawn like seven in the morning seven thirty in the morning roughly he rolls dead home like you've been out on christmas eve all night selling ashtrays to gas station attendees while your wife's at home your kids out doing god knows what like you're, you're well, everyone knows. I mean, that's a big, uh, you know, Christmas Eve night. Everyone's out selling, and no one's doing anything else. And uh, right. yeah, then you roll in Christmas Day morning. Yeah, but he, but he gives. And the worst part is he gives this kid this gift. Then immediately they find out, and Corey Feldman's a little brother. I completely forgot. They find oh. out these things. Uh, 
reproduce with water, right? Right. And the and it's the kid's gift. The kid owns it. And all the dad's thinking about is, oh, we could sell one of these in every house in America. It's like, <sighs> pop, this ain't yours no more. It's the kids. It's his call. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, pile of trash. Like, why they wrote him in to be this just bizarre character. Made, it didn't make any sense in the movie plot why he was like this cuckoo inventor. I think I saw it once. I think I saw Gremlins when it first came out because Phoebe Cates was in it. And I remembered Phoebe Cates from Fast Times. And of course, in Fast Times, I don't know how I don't know how graphic your show is, but you know. And so I figured in Gremlins, uh, wow, maybe she'll do it again. Maybe she'll walk out of the pool again and say, hi, Brad, or something along those lines. And uh, yeah, that movie, I barely remember it. I did, What was it? Gargamel? Was that the what was the main? Uh, it was the Smurfs. Oh, was <laughs> I smoked no, the a lot? Bad guy was a strike because he had a white like a mohawk. Yeah, what was the main uh, the main um, Gremlins G- name though? Gizmo. 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 That was I had the first letter right. Uh, I don't even think I've seen the movie, and I know that. Yeah, I was talking to my one friend about this, and he said, you know, that whole scene where she talked about her dad dressing up as Santa and getting stuck in the chimney and dying is what I had a better appeal if she was topless. And I'm like, you know, I'm not. I can't argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, that's it for my uh, for my Halloween movies. We tried to watch, and they, that just ruined all of them. I watched, I got to watch everything. I, I I didn't get to watch my two Rob Zombie movies, which I do every year. Um, they weren't streaming anywhere. Um, which two? The um, House of a Thousand Corpses and yeah. then uh, Devil's Rejects. Uh huh. Hey, he's a great. Uh, he is a great filmmaker. I mean, I know you know White Zombie and Rob Zombie, but I lo- like I loved his version of Halloween. I thought it was great. Not better than the Kenny Powers one that's uh, the one that's now Kenny Powers. Yeah, he wrote Danny McBride. He wrote the last two. Oh, really? And Halloween Kills didn't have any one liners, but the one prior to this, like he slipped in a couple like dick jokes. Oh, really? Because he's you know that's that's just if you're a fan of Danny McBride and he's one of my favorites. That's you know yeah. immediately I heard a uh, eastbound and down Kenny Powers line um, <laughs> in the last Halloween movie. Uh, but anyway. But yeah, but so, so yes, it was Halloween weekend and uh, yeah, we gave out candy the whole nine yards. My kids were sick, but they still demanded to go out for Halloween. So they did. Um, What's your top three candy bars? Top three, top three Halloween candies. It could be of all time. It could be. Okay. Halloween candies. Take fives are my favorite. Love take five. Love my wife and I were talking about it today. And this one's going to be a little controversial. Um, I freaking love dots. Oh, dots are great. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. They're I, no jujube, but they're good. No, I'm. I'm. And then third place is a weird one. I'm either peanut M and M's or Kit Kat. I'm a simple man. That's not weird. Peanut M and M's are. That, that's probably my number one. Peanut M and M's. I would have to go. Um, Three Musketeers. Nougat. Only yeah. nougat. Chocolate yeah. and just yeah. nougat. Okay. Um, and then the. Fruit flavored Tootsie Rolls, the little ones that are like green and red, and and then uh, yeah, probably third would be Reese's peanut butter cups. So this is like the bottom of everyone's pile, and Randy's like, "Give me your trash." Let's see, bit of honey, uh, (laughs) those black black and orange wrapped whatever they are, (laughs) peanut buttered caca candies. And then uh, the little dots on the piece of paper that you have to bite off and you get half paper and half candy. Yeah. Oh, gross. See, I've been, for years, I've been buying the 
the the movie box candy for mm. to hand out to the kids. Wow, um, really? Yeah, and like we had two kids come to the house, and now I have like 20, 23 boxes left mm-hmm. of of Skittles, all the stuff that I'm. I'm I put it right by the door, so when I walk out in the morning, I I have to take grab it. a handful. Yeah. I daughter love too. My daughter loves Skittles. I uh, to me, it's I I can't stand them. It's just sugar. It's sugar. It's candy coated sugar. Well, it's star, leftover pieces of Starburst. They just put a little <laughs> coating over it. They all take, <laughs> like I knew friends that tried to debate with me that they knew the different flavors. I'm like, you are full of shit. There's absolutely zero no. chance. That you know which one is which. No, it's all the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's dive in real quick. You've been, you know, you've been on radio for a I, I don't want to say a very, very long time. When did uh when did you get your start? Uh 1954. Oh my um, you're old. Yeah. Uh no, uh 2000 on the nose, 2000. I uh I went to Specs Howard. I got to here. I'll give you the quick, uh, the quick rundown. This is the, the short version. I worked in restaurants for years. I used to run the Elwood Bar and Grill. I worked at the State Theater, but the Fillmore now. But at the State Theater, I was a bartender there. Did tons of stuff in the restaurant biz, in the nightclub business. I worked at different nightclubs. Uh, C.J. Barrymore's. I worked there at one time. I remember going there. Oh God! I, I, because we used to wear red polo shirts with. This was back when, when you know the Yvonne Lendl tennis shorts were popular. They're like coochie cutters, and uh, you had to wear suspenders. So I look like I have toothpicks for legs. My my neighbor once told me, he says, "You man, you could totally like you you have the le- you have the legs of a model." I'm like, oh, what? Goes, well, yeah, like a female model, but uh, and she, yeah, so. I worked there, but yeah, did tons of stuff. And I got to the point where it was like, okay, do I want to continue working in restaurants, managing whatever it was, front of the house, back of the house? Is that what I want to do? Everyone I know is out on Friday and Saturday night or Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I'm working. That's when you're busy. And when you're in management, you're working, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week. Is this really what I want to do? And I always thought about going into radio or television, more radio. And I'm I'm not kidding you. What's that? Face for radio, you got yeah. Yes, and uh, and but my backside is totally for TV. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. Um, and I just never ever pursued it because I thought I I had that mindset that oh yeah, other people do that though. You know, other people know how to do that. I I can't be on radio. I'm I I. I contemplated going to Specs Howard for a good seven years before I finally went. And then I finally went, kicked ass, and <laughs> I was on the air at 97.1 when I still had a week left of school at Specs Howard. And I got I got lucky. And I got hired by Captain Rick Jagger, the late Captain Rick Jagger. That was his on-air name. Wasn't he like ninety six three? I remember that name. He used to be there. He used to be on there. Yeah. He he uh, is no longer with us, but he hired me to produce and do news on ninety seven one. This was when they were FM Talk. Bob Bauer was there, and uh, you know they had D and D at the time. A guy named Ed Till, which was a bizarro show, and we had Howard Stern in the mornings. So I started there, started producing. 
eventually caught on to a couple of different shows. I mean, there, there have been a number of shows I was on. But then I was on a show with Jay Towers. It was Jay Towers, Michelle McCormick, and then I was their producer. And Jay sort of had, you know, he knew that I did voices, so I would come on as different characters. And first character I ever did was Celine Dion, and it was in the, after the Katrina hurricane. So I called in as her because she was complaining about all the helicopters and the kayaks going down the river trying to rescue people. And from there, we just sort of hit it off. And then Michelle was out. Yeah, how do you not? Hold on. How do you do Celine Dion and not like do the South Park Celine Dion? I'm not familiar with the South Park Celine Dion. You're just doing a French Canadian accent is all you're doing. No, it was uh, it was the Saddam Hussein, uh, oh. ugly Bob, then Celine Dion. Like, hello, Saddam, this is Celine Dion. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I would just do like, oh, I talk like this. And I'm, oh, you know, French Canadian, I'm married to a Santa Claus. You know, I, that was all I would do. Rene, my husband. So you're just doing a bad French uh, Canadian accent. But yeah, and then Jay and I sort of hit it off, and we did basically a morning show in middays at 97.1. <laughs> this is the short version. And then it was the ticket. 97.1 flipped over to the ticket. They were no longer FM. Even though we had the Tigers and the Lions already, they flipped to sports in January of 08. They needed a morning show. So Dominsky and Doyle were supposed to be the morning show on the ticket because they wanted a general interest show. And Dominsky said, ah, we don't want to do it. We don't even know. But they, they didn't have any faith that this was going to go anywhere, doing sports on FM. Who wants so to listen turned, to that? Yeah, they turned, it, they turned it down. So Jay and I were choice number two. And we were the morning show for two years. Jay left to go to WNIC because he wasn't really into it. We had a boss who was a mother bleeper. And it wasn't his bag anyway. So he went over to NIC. Stoney came in because Stoney and Mojo got blown up on DFN. So Stoney and I were, we were a show for six and a half years. We Isn't did that more. Long? Yeah, Stoney and I were together for six and a half years. And uh, yeah, and then after that, you know, they budget cuts and I was gone. Sarah, who was on our show, also was gone. And they just cleaned house because they were trying to save money. Mind you, the ticket was the biggest billing station in Detroit because we had all the teams. They made right. money from all the teams. They were the at one point they had one sixth of all radio advertising dollars in Detroit. One Jeez. station, but stockholders. If you have a down quarter, they want you to make cuts, so there were budget cuts. And uh, yeah, and then I went over to uh, WLLZ, the newly reformed WLLZ. I was there for almost two years, and then yeah, I've been at CSX for the I'd say for the last six months, seven months. Yeah, it's funny. I just uh, my kid had a Sunday morning soccer game uh, uh, yesterday. Was that Rockton? Uh, yeah, down in out in Canton. So I got to listen to the Drew and Mike podcast. Oh yeah, the syndicate. I'm like, it's hilarious. I, I used to listen to Drew when I was still going to like Macomb College when I was eighteen, nineteen. Oh yeah. And like he ha he hasn't changed. He's still bringing it. He's still hilarious. Oh, like it's really? it's unbelievable how good that show still is. Oh, it's it's great. Drew and Mike was one of the main reasons I finally did get into radio. And I know Drew, Drew's a great guy. He's he knows sports. He's well read. He's funny. He knows what works. Um, 
Yeah, and it's just uh, they're a prime example of radio, you know, doing budget cuts. They were number one. They we occasionally we would beat Drew and Mike, and the only time we beat them was when he was out with his back surgery. Yeah, that's the only yeah, time. Yeah. We, that's the only time we were number one. We were always behind them. Who works for number two? We did, but the fact that they were let go when they were number one in the two main demos tells you it's all about you know cutting corners and they said well we can get david chuck for a lot cheaper than drew and mike if we're ever going to make a change let's make a change so the fact that drew and mike were canned back in 2013 when they were number one for 20 years running you know no one's safe not just number one number one with a bullet i mean they were the de facto show in town oh they, they it was to me it was a perfect show the bet, and I would say this about someone doing a podcast. The thing that Drew and Mike had, and the thing that we sort of modeled our shows after too, you could listen to Drew and Mike and imagine, like, wow, I could, I could totally hang out with those guys and just shoot the shit and talk about the Red Wings, talk about music, talk about whatever, you know, whatever's going on. You can imagine going into the, your corner pub or bar and just hanging out with them, and it would be like they were doing their show. That was their appeal. They were very local, even though Drew's not from here. He's from Chicago. But you would never know it. You would never know he wasn't from here. Mike, of course. I still find myself to this day with a a couple friends of mine that I grew up with that we still speak in Drew and Mike drops. Oh, same, same here. Oh, yeah. Like. (laughs) There, there, there's stuff that I'm saying that like no one knows, and I have to like explain myself, and then it becomes even stupider when I'm explaining. Oh, it was a drop on a show from almost 30 years ago. You know, it's true though. No, you're right. Then that's uh, they were a great combination. They were a great. I mean, part of me, I think about it like, man, I, like Mike got on this. Mike was a caller to Drew. I don't know if it was just Drew at the time or Drew and Zip. Zippy, Jeff Zippy, I forget his last name. No, was, uh, it's like how you got your start. Yeah, he was Mr. Stress. I think that's exactly how he got to start, right? He, he would call in and Drew said, hey, because they told Drew, okay, Zip's got to go. You find a co-host. And he said, well, hey, this guy calls in all the time. I think he was driving an ambulance at the time, Mike. And I said, all right, bring him in, see how it works. And they hit it off. And that was then Trudy joined them. And, and yeah, it was it was the best show ever, I think. So that's uh, it's an interesting segue because you know Drew getting into podcasting, and now you are getting into podcasting or gotten you've been in podcasting for a long time. I was before with a company that sucked, but yeah. <laughs> like we always we always like to talk about you know the differences because we used to do home at homes with the WJR Internet Advisor Show, mm-hmm. and the one thing they used to always say is. You know, once we get into start, you know, getting into a really nice conversation, the the God bless it, jazz music hits, and we got to go to a commercial, All right? Or, or wine guards, right? Wine guards. Like with this, we can kind of just keep talking. Yeah, I guess. What's your? Is it? Is this easier? Is this harder? Um, this is not scripted, right? Radio sometimes is where you know, can okay, push this button, say this. Um, I could imagine that being more stressful. Never that radio is more stressful. Being well, radio. and the radio of I've always done, like there occasionally I've had to do filling in stuff. I was telling you, I've been on WJR. I filled in for Frank Beckman. I was on WDET. I filled in for Stephen Henderson doing Detroit Today. That's hard. 
that's hard because you need to be conversational about a certain topic. You need to be well-informed. You know, every shows I've done, you just got to be a dancing monkey, just do impressions and be goofy and basically do what we're doing. I think podcasting, it's, it's hard to say which one's easier. Radio's not super difficult. Podcasting is cool because as you say, it's just free flowing. You talk about what you want to talk about. You should have an outline. I mean, you guys have an outline for your show. You should go into podcasting. No, if you're doing a um, if you're doing a show, you should have a rough idea of what you want to talk about. If you get on there and you're umming and eyeing and don't know what you're talking about, it's not going to be a good podcast. You, you got to. Well, I, think, I think at the end of the day, I could sit down with anyone. I don't care if it's a 75 year old man at the bar or a 22 year old kid or or my peer, and I right. can have a two hour long conversation about anything. Right. Um, you're you're a conver- you're a conversationalist. I'm saying right. someone's going to go in and do the, Yeah, we want to do a podcast and we want to oh, okay, what are you going to talk about? Um uh comics and movies and stuff. Right. Yes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh there's a huge audience for all of that, but I, I think podcast I, I it's I wouldn't use the word easier. Podcasting there's an ease of production with podcasting that you don't have with radio. Radio, you're live. Well, here's here's the thing that I'm looking at. Live, you got your own stress with being live. But if you look at a podcast, there's shows that I know. Um, like I had conversations with like Jordan Harbinger, who was on Art of Charm, and now he does his own show. He's one of the top iTunes. He just got signed to Podcast One for like high seven figures. He's He's one of the goats in podcasting. And he was telling me for like a half an hour, 45 minute show would be like eight hours worth of editing. Um, how, how long? I'm sorry. Say that again. How long? A show? Half an hour to 45 minute podcast. It was almost eight hours of editing. Is he doing a lot of narration and using music? I mean, is he inserting other elements? All of it. This is yeah. like. A, you're doing a, a gimlet. Yeah, it's a gimlet produced. You, you're listening to it and you're like, it sounds as good as any podcast you're ever going to hear. Right, um, right. You have that, and then you have you know me and Randy who just hit record and then scrape it and then publish. You know, Randy will probably say you know bullshit. I do a few more things, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, there's that's the thing. Like we we've you know we've worked with podcasters that had outlines to the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had podcasters that said um and ah uh, seventy two hundred times an hour. Which, um, for the record, um and ah isn't that is normal conversation. Ums and ahs aren't bad if they're not over top in natural conversation. The best conversationalist is going to say um and ah, not but if, if everything not 20 times every two minutes, right? If you're doing that, then you clearly are you're searching for the words, you don't know what to say, you're not uh, uh very prepared. See, so, one of the things, uh when I was working for Cisco, uh, one of the bigger IT companies that you know, audience mm-hmm. knows you know you know you might know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we did a thing where it's stand in front of the room, and he said, "Talk about yourself for a minute and a half," right? And then they video recorded us, and then they put us in a little room by ourselves and said, "Now watch it." And he goes, "And I want you to count." The weird, like if you flick your keys in your pocket while you're talking, if right. you're doing the back and forth wobble. Right. And crutch words. So, you know, everyone's got like count the crutch words. 
And I swear in a minute and a half, I had like 37 ums and ahs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we would practice watching ourselves talking, and it was painful. I mean, listening to yourself talk is bad enough as it is, but watching yourself talk is even worse. And then at the end, it was give us a five-minute dissertation on cloud computing and then count the ums and ahs, and I had zero. Mm. And what he taught me to do, which I, had, I always had a bad habit of, was speaking way too fast. Um, oh yeah, in my life I always spoke way too fast. I read way too fast when I was reading out loud. Um, it was bad, and I caught myself like just slow down. He would just scream at you, slow down. And I, sometimes I get caught up again, you know, talking 100 miles an hour. But I'm like super cognizant of it now, and I don't know if it's because of that or just in general. But I try not, you know, I'm super focused on not using a crutch word or the um. You know. Yeah, it's it's hard not to sometimes, especially if you're going into something, you know, if you're being interviewed, you might do that a little more often because you don't know what you're saying going into it necessarily. But, you know, you'd mentioned that one podcast and how it was sort of multi-layered and there were many elements. Yeah, that's not impossible to do. You You can do that. You can slick up your podcast and make it sound like a, I, I always use NPR as an example. NPR podcast, especially like serial, it's like a TV production. They're putting a lot of work into that with narration, music coming in, music going out, different elements, sound bites, interviews. It's it's a it's an entire news production. Like a, it would be like a not NPR, but like a 2020, 2020, or uh, what's the one with Keith Morris? What's that show? He does? is that Dateline? Oh. Um, no, I always think of, uh, oh my God, one, yeah, of my that's comedians, one of my favorite comedians always does bits on that guy. Um, on Chris Walker. Hansen or Keith Morrison? Keith Morrison. Yeah. Um, oh my so, God. He was in, he was in super bad. He was one of the cops. I can't think of his name. He was on, uh, Oh, Hater, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You watch him talking like he got to meet him and it, like when I saw that video, I like, I became a new fan of Bill Hader. Like, just, yeah. Like a like such a nice human being. It's so uh -huh. rare in, in Hollywood, mm -hmm. you know, that right. people are normal and nice. Holly weird, more like, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> podcast nation. Yeah. What do you uh what's going what are you doing? What what's uh what is it? What's going on? Well, here here's what podcast like, nation cards, is. Cards on the table, I kind of know. Um, but I'm just right. asking yeah. up a soft I know, right? It's um, okay. You're putting it on the tee and you'd like me to swing. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Uh, Podcast Nation is uh, will create, produce, distribute uh, podcast mainly for companies and corporations to use as a communications marketing tool, uh, which could be used both internally uh, and externally, or you could use one or the other or both. Uh, for instance, if we, we had a company, so I just talked to a company, uh, Wing Snob. I was over there the other day. I actually and ordered their food after I had this conversation with you. I got some of their food after I met with them, and it was phenomenal. Those fries are yeah, unreal. Um, I was telling her about this. Now, what's the first? Rallies all day. Oh, rallies. You did say that. You with did a bullet. That. Yeah, there's nothing Wing even close. Snob. Right. But uh, for instance, they they would like to do an internal podcast, and it would be for franchisees and employees. 
to start off with, they want to do maybe a month, once a month, and then move on to twice a month. And what they want to do is just if there are trends that they can look for, that they can pass on to their franchisees, if there are ideas they could use to promote business, to maintain employees, whatever it might be, instead of having all of your employees say, okay, we're having a Zoom meeting and on Friday at 2, everybody log in and we're going to do this or stop what you're doing so you can watch this uh, meeting we're going to do at 2 o'clock on a Friday. By doing a podcast, here's all the information you want. The, the beauty of a podcast is, is doing it at your leisure doing it when you want to listen to it, when you have time to listen to it. People are busy. They're working. That's the beauty of a podcast. I There are very few instances where I see the value in doing a live podcast. Because if you're doing a live podcast, you're saying, this is appointment listening. If you want to hear it, you can hear it later, of course, but we want you to listen to it now. At nine o'clock on a Tuesday night, that's when we do our podcast live. There's really no, you're better off doing recording it ahead of time. And for someone like them, Wingsnob, their franchisees can listen to it over the weekend. They can listen to it at their leisure. You connect it to your website. You could have questions maybe on, or you could have uh, uh, things that were mentioned during the podcast that you could uh, use, whether they're graphs, whether, you know, if you're using something like that in, in your podcast, you could have reference points on your website that relate to the podcast, in other words. So a lot of things like that. We're still going to do um, non-commercial shows. I don't know. There's so many different names people call them. Novelty shows, niche shows, hobbyist shows. Um, if you are doing a show about uh, wrestling, let's say, there, there's, a, there's a place for that too. But the, the majority of our business is going to be dealing with corporate and, and company podcasts to either uh, promote a brand or to work with their their employees internally so they can get a message out to their employees. Yeah, I never, you know, some of the part with the, the whole communication thing makes insanely sense to me. And I remember one time, Randy, and I don't know if you remember this, like we had sponsorship from VMware and they had this weird... It was like a space story time podcast that it was like completely unrelated. It was just like a, almost like an entertainment thing, but it was, you know, and they barely mentioned anything about the company. And it was just a, I don't know if they got sold a bill of goods and somebody's like, Hey, you know, you should do this thing to build brand awareness with, cause nerds like sci-fi and nerds to use your software and let's do a space show and, you know, I, I not, you know, I bet you there was probably a million people that listened to it and enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where like a lot of it now turned into these brands now, yeah. turned into, like almost like creating. You remember like a, the movie Italian Job? And it was like basically a giant Mini Cooper ad. Yeah, it was all about yeah. Mini Coopers. It was all about. Yeah, totally. Coopers. It wasn't even a bank heist movie. It was yeah. just, hey, look at these Mini Coopers. And um, Charlie's Theron. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's almost the uh, uh, the inverse of that, where they're trying to build a brand through like this story slash movie slash audio book slash old timey radio show. You know what I mean? But like, oh, by well, that, the way, that's a. But I think that's a great. The Italian job is a great example of that. 
of using uh, of working tangentially in a podcast. Yes, uh, some people we know are doing a podcast about bourbon drinkers. And I asked him, I said, so yeah, we, we talk about the latest bourbon. We talk about, uh, you know, the newest uh, spirits out there and this and that and the other thing. And I said, okay, so who's, who's your audience? Well, bourbon drinkers. Well, no kidding. Who else is your audience? You know, you have to appeal to you know, some like steakhouses, distributors, bars, whoever. There's tons of people you could appeal to, but that that's a great example, the Italian job, because that famously was, I mean, that was talked about when that movie came out, that it's a giant Mini Cooper ad. The entire yeah. movie was all about Mini Cooper. Everyone drove a Mini Cooper, and that was the talk about that movie. Yes, there's this movie. It's Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron. It's a remake of an older movie, but everyone's driving a Mini Cooper. Look what they can do. I mean, these guys are they're driving them down the streets of uh, wherever it was, Italy, and um, you know, showing the performance these vehicles had. So yeah, it was. That's a great example. I. Uh, it's amazing to me over the course of the years we've been doing this show about eight years, and the conversations I would have with the non-techie crowd. Let's say it was somebody's wife or, or someone from that I grew up with or just someone like, you know, and they would just say, I listen to your show. And I'm like, I would be shocked for one. And two, yeah. he's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about half the time, but you guys, you know, y'all are hilarious. And it's just a fun listen. And it's just funny. Like we learned that really early on too, is like, you know, especially in it, we weren't going to educate anyone. Right. Cause you know, but if we could mildly entertain someone and be like that, I, you know, my buddy always talks all the time. He goes, I get angry listening to your show. Cause I want to bark back with you. Cause I, <laughs> I had a one liner that you didn't say, and you know what I mean? Right. right. And it's like when you get that, I think that's when you nail like not the magic, but when you feel like you're, you're, you're in the circle and you're, like the Drew and Mike thing you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And that's what I've always strived for here is just, you know, I want to, we want to tell stories and bark and, you know, I will tell you, but that's that's another thing about doing a podcast. It, you want to grab that audience in the first five minutes, whether it's an internal podcast or you're doing a hobby show, whatever it might be. I can listen to someone talk or not talk for hours. That's a little best in show reference. I could listen to I could listen to someone talk about if they're really knowledgeable about something and they are just into what they're saying, I'm entertained by that. Now, it doesn't even have to be funny. I tell my wife this story all the time. We, we went to the Henry Ford, you know, the Henry Ford Museum. It's called the Henry Ford now. Yeah. And they had a woman there who was making a, a bucket, a pail, out of just wood and a, and a, a metal ring. And she was soaking the wood in water. And then piecing it all together in a circle in this cylinder. And as the wood absorbed the water, it tightened everything up. And she made a bucket using no screws, nothing. And I was fascinated because she was telling the story. You know, she's dressed in like 1850s garb and whatever else. And telling a story about how they used to build the pails and this is how they did it. And I was fascinated listening to her talk about making a pail then I went back. I went back and listened to her do it again because I was so fascinated by her delivery and the story she was telling. 
And are you familiar with uh, master class where you can pay like $900 and have someone teach you about something? I thought you were say, are you familiar with pails? I'm like, yes, I know what they are. Um, yeah, you can put sand in them or yeah, yeah, yeah. rocks. So master class. I, I have the master class app. And sometime I will just listen. I won't even watch it. I'll just listen to someone describing whatever it is they do because it's so engaged. They're engaging. And they're so entertaining in the way they're telling their story about something they're really into. And I just, I, that's true of anything. I can listen to anyone talk about something if they're engaging, if they grab my attention. And that's what a podcast is. You mentioned old time radio earlier. That really is kind of what podcasting is. It's what radio used to be many, many moons ago. Well, we see it every year watching Christmas Story. It's like, okay, yes. and, you know, little orphan Annie and, you know. Eat your Ovaltine. Yeah, what? exactly. Son of a bitch. Yes. Um, that was uh, now the most fun I ever had podcasting. I was telling the story today, so it's kind of fresh, where we did the uh, worst meatball sandwich ever, where we would read the one-star Yelp reviews. Oh, yeah. Places that we liked, and we just trashed on people, which is one of my hobbies in life. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, but like one of the one of the pod, it was a three parter on the airport made Audible Feast's top fifty podcasts of two thousand seventeen. Oh no way! And uh, yeah, the one uh, it, we we did a three parter one on DCW, one on Spirit Airlines, which wrote itself, and then one on all the restaurants inside DTW. Oh yeah, yeah, and the stuff people wrote and it. We, we tried to get into the mind of the one-star Yelp reviewer. Like, you know, hey, honey, you want to go to Acapulco this spring? All right, let's go on Yelp. You know what? We should fly out of Chicago because that Detroit airport just isn't cutting it. Yeah. I, I, I've never understood the whole Yelp thing anyway. I know that wasn't your point. But, like, you go out to eat. Uh, I need to race home so I can jump on the computer because that salmon was not good. Are you I quoting mean, who, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco right there? Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, I was yeah, telling yeah. someone about that today. Who was I talking to when I told him that very story? I said, yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco talks about that very thing. And I agree 100%. I've never left a Yelp review. I never would leave a Yelp review. People run their asses off. And you, if someone is having a bad day, you're going to go, that place sucked. Uh, Do you, know. you read Yelp reviews? I've do I you mean if I'm thinking about going to a place? Yeah, never, never. I've never went or not went. But what we what we always did, and this is well documented, when Dave and I would go to a city we've never been in before, mm-hmm. we would open up Yelp, look dive bars, and and go to one star or search by lowest rating and start there. Oh, see, and I've it never. Was the best, it was always the best places. Oh, really? Because you would get because yeah, I'm sure if we did that for Detroit, I'll, I'll next I'll. I'll Maybe I'll throw it up on Twitter or something um, since I have never used it in about three years. Um, what the top – I bet you the I bet you the worst dive bar in Detroit is probably one of my favorite places. I'll almost guarantee it. Do you have one in mind? Uh, no, just like places like Temple Bar and like, right. you know. Miami. Cramic. Randy, are you looking it up? I'm looking up dive bars right now. Dive bars. De- Detroit. Just look up Detroit and then, and then search lowest rating. Lowest. This is what they call dead air on, on yeah. radio. 
We're fine. I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> Jeez, there are so many results for dive bars. And sort by lowest rating. Come on, Randy. It's only giving they, me highest rating first, so I have to go to the end of the list. If no, they have no, sort by lowest rating, it flips it. It doesn't give me that sort option. Shiza. Just recommended highest and most reviewed. Randy. I'm almost to the bottom. Uh, Magic Bag Theater. That's not even a dive bar. No, that's not a dive not bar. A dive bar. <laughs> Bray's Hamburgers is not a bar. Not a dive no. bar. But it's Jay, great. Jay's great Penalty burgers. Box is amazing. Which one? Uh, Jay's Penalty Box. That's got four stars. I don't understand. Is that the one on Rochester? It's in uh, Ferndale. Oh. I don't understand these results at all. Yeah, see, this is... Uh, that's why I don't go on Yelp. I wouldn't even bother. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. Let me guess. They have Gasoline Alley on there, which also is not a dive bar. You know what? I got to talk about Gasoline Alley. I had a fun. I was actually there today. Yeah. And Gasoline Alley used to have the the shitty booths with the crooked tables and the the, the best jukebox in the history of my life. One of the best. If not there, the Wab had the other best one. But yeah, that's uh, those two. And as it so like in the bartender, me used to know about each other back, in, you know. So we we were had some friends that we knew of, and I said, "How many times do people bitch about the jukebox?" He goes, "Looks at me." He goes, "Bro, every day, <laughs> every single to this day." He goes, "They got rid of that jukebox three years ago for a touch tunes." Yeah. People still bitch to this day well, about, the, I, about that damn thing. But their jukes bo- the jukebox they were using, I mean, they had updated it to CDs years ago. So what do they want them to do? Still use CDs? I don't know. Like, I don't know what people want or what they, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, here's the thing. Like, I don't think you're ever going to make anyone happy with anything, no matter what you do. Oh, in the age of the internet? No, there's always going to be someone who hates everything or hates it. Pick any topic. You'll have haters. Yeah. You know what? I'm at dive bars. I'm doing the search, Randy. Like there's a Coney Island, there's Slow's Barbecue. Yeah, something happened. Useless now. Show Bar, which is like a fancy jazz club. Here we go. Glass this mug list, again. This list sucks. Yeah, I don't know. Burt's is great. Oh my oh, Bert, god! In Eastern Market is awesome. Now, yeah, I think this was there's. Uh, yeah, Burt's in Eastern Market. And Russell. Yeah. Three stars. Vivio's. Get oh, out. Vivi- Oh, Vivio's. When I was a young college lad, we would go to Vivio's on Wednesday nights. Vivio's is 69. Get out of here. Here's if one called a- Buck's Place. Three stars with five reviews. Dearborn Heights. Eh. Vivio's. Used to, if you bought a beer on a Wednesday, they'd give you a steak and fries. If you bought a beer. A little six-ounce steak and some French fries was the best. Which place was this? Vivio's in Eastern Market. Oh, yeah. I, my opinion, that's the yeah, that's the the best Bloody Mary in town. Oh, the one hundred percent. You got it. That list is stupid, Randy. Yes, it is. I know, right? So <laughs> I'm like looking for something to segue into. Um, I was talking about worst meatball sandwich ever. So, yeah. and that you know, I guess that goes back to, um, literally podcasting in, in life and in general you can talk about anything 
anything. If you look up, I mean, there are many, many podcasts out there. There are. And uh, I know uh, I used to work for uh, iHeartRadio and the iHeart app. There are 750,000 podcasts on iHeart. 750,000. Most aren't good. What were the two, Randy, that we always followed? It was the Hot Butter podcast. Yeah. Where they would just talk about things that tasted good if you put hot butter on it. <laughs> they, they they I love that idea. Quite a while. What was the other one? This It was called Super Pee-Pee Time. <laughs> and these guys sounded so high. I don't know. And they would do, it would it was complete nonsensical. They would use like voice changes and they would just laugh at nothing. And I found myself like completely wrapped into this mess. It's like I should have taken acid before I listened to it. Not that I've ever taken acid before. Right. Um, but like literally, I go, there's people, there's idiots that listen. Like when 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 it made sense to me, the whole the whole this whole world was when I found out like the, the South Korean watching people eat uh, movement. Oh, yes. Like, oh, the mukbang. Like, yeah. And like Twitch, there's people like doing nothing on Twitch and people just like watch because they want to feel a part of something they're not. You know what I mean? Is that the is that the one where it's and I know they have these restaurants and I think they're starting to get them here where it's a sushi place and noodle like sushi and noodles. And it's just this convey like like an airport luggage conveyor, but you know the sort of oval shaped. Yeah, it's in Troy. Right? Yeah, where you just pick what you want off this thing, and you just eat, and then more stuff comes by, and you pick that off the conveyor belt, and you the eat best that. Part about it, so the conveyor comes by, and you pick. Which yeah. Is fine. But let's say I want soup. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to know the mechanics of this thing, because I swear to God, it gets shot out of a cannon. <laughs> so there's two conveyor belts. There's a lower one and an upper. Uh-huh. The upper's for special orders. Okay. It stops right at your table. But I'm talking, it shoots at you at like the speed of light and stops right at your table and nothing gets spilt or dumped and you take it off the conveyor belt. Wow. And then you dump all your plates on the bottom part. So there's like three levels. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's you know, and then, then if you but the best part is like it's like an eating contest. Like every 15 plates you put in, yeah. you get like a toy. Oh. Yeah, nice. so this, little ball, this little thing comes down. It's like, you know, the little quarter things that Kmart, you know. Sure, yeah, yeah, with the bubble of the yeah, yeah, yeah. NFL of those, yeah, helmet like a, in it. Yeah, it's like, it's like a keychain or like a little right. what an action figure or whatever. A rubber skeleton. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. How the hell did we talk about that? You were talking about sushi. Oh, about a podcast about watching South Korean people eating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. I, I will tell you, I'm a big fan. If there was a, uh, I don't know if there's a podcast on it, but I'm a big fan of the uh, the buffet, the Asian buffets. And Fuji. what's that? Fuji's the best one in town. Oh, with uh, Lauren uh, Hill? Was that her? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I haven't been there since COVID. I don't know if it's still the same thing, but that literally that was the best one in town. Which where's that? 14 and, 14 and John R. Fuji I before. figured that's the one you're that's the one I'm talking about too. It's yeah. a, it's a different name every two or three years. It changes names every two or three years. But that is the I can go in there and strap on the feed bag and just go to town. There was I a Korean, it. there was a Korean buffet. Now that we're talking about food. Like uh, barbecue? On, 12 and, on 12 and Southfield, and it would have the the marinated meats, the bulgogi yeah. beef, and like the chicken, yep. and, and then they would have a sushi, all you can eat, and then they would have all the pickled vegetables, the kimchi, and everything. 
So All there's right. three of us always from this company. And all right, you're in charge of meat, you're in charge of, you know, salad, and you're in charge of sushi. And then the, your stove was on your table. Yeah. And then we would take turns cooking, and you know. <laughs> it was like 15 bucks a head, and I'm shocked they went out of business because we would sit there for like two hours oh. on Friday. The food was absolutely amazing. Um, I would oh, yeah. kill, you know, I wish I would kill to have something like that in town. Yeah, for sure. You want to so ask me about guys- uh, Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just going to tee this one up because I know the answer. What? Uh, so, Podcast Detroit, when are you launching? Because I know this, you know, you're up digitally. You're building a studio right now. What's uh, what's going on over there? Here's where we are right Nation. now. Yeah, Podcast Nation. Uh, yeah, you said Podcast Detroit. That's okay. Whatever. Did I really? Yeah, it's oh all right. My God. Force of habit. It's what you're used to. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I just put together four chairs today at a coffee table. So we have uh, we have two studios. We have a control room. We have a little reception area. Uh, and it's, yes, in Troy, the 1700 building in Troy, the Mercantile Bank building, uh, Suite 205 for anyone who's uh, interested. And um, we have two studios. One is a more of a corporate studio, almost like almost looks like a radio studio. High table, four seats around it. The other one is more of a loungy look with uh, kind of a groovy mid-century modern kind of look to it. If you More casual uh, uh, look, which I find sometimes is more conducive to conversation as opposed to sitting in a stiff high top chair. And yes, we're going to talk about the graphs and this and we're going to bring this over, carry the one, as opposed to sitting in these casual chairs where you can relax and I don't know. I just I think it I think it sort of brings out more converse, uh, more um, how can I say it? Just just better conversation, more yeah, engaging. In my opinion, I think it depends on the flavor of the show. I think that for, for sure. something like this, couches all day. Yeah. Or you know, for something that's like scripted, I think you know you got the table so you can set up the lap. You know, yeah, it depends on the flavor. Right. If you need to Which have some sort of reference, uh, uh, but yeah, we're we're looking to open up. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I would say um, we've got we've got a guy coming in tomorrow to do the rest of the furniture. But uh, yeah, and then I'd say in the next two weeks we'll be uh, ready to roll. I mean, we can take business now if we had to. We could we could record now if we needed to. Um, so we do have the equipment. It's just a matter of drilling holes in walls, things like that. But uh, yeah, we'll be good to go. I'm, I'd say in a week to two weeks we're we're ready to open up for good. Cool. I'm super looking forward to it. Yeah, have our uh, we're gonna have an open house. You guys, of course, are are invited. Uh, I'm invited. Get out of town. Yeah, you uh, you're a big part of it. So yeah, it's gonna be a blast. I'll bring bring the pretzels. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, you want to ask me anything about radio? Any radio people I know? Any uh, ah, get out of here. Anyone I've interviewed? You're you're dying to name drop, Bill. So I'm gonna let you name. Go ahead. I hope I don't hurt my foot. Who's um, now favorite interviewer and go? No, been t- my favorite interviews are when we would have comedians in. Like we used to interview Robert Schimmel a lot. Um, like not 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 the big names, but like Jimmy Pardo. Uh, who's the other one? He's like a big. Uh, he's all about smoking weed. Jimmy Dore, sort of the guys that would play like Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. I always love talking to those guys. Cause they're never at a loss for words. They're just naturally funny guys. But uh, let's see. Jackie Chan came in once for like literally two minutes 
came in, hi, everybody, and uh, and left. He was doing a little tour. But I once was uh, in a hotel room with Will Smith. That's the whole story right there. That was it. No, it was was at the Townsend Hotel. And he was doing interviews for Pursuit of Happiness. Great movie. What's that? Great movie. Oh, you know what? I I watched the movie in the theater because, you know, they had media go out to watch it after we interviewed him. I can't watch movies like that. It was one of those movies that was done like a lot of it's with a handheld camera. Like it's him running through an airport and running through, you know, the city. And I can't look at stuff like that. I get motion sickness watching stuff like that. It was a great movie. Him and his uh, son. Oh, I want to ask if you watch Hardcore Henry, how long you would last. What's Hardcore Henry? I don't it's, all, it's an action movie filmed in like first person shooter mode. Yeah, see, I can't watch stuff like that. I, I can't. It makes me sick to my. I can't watch it. It makes me sick to my stomach. But yeah, Will Smith uh, interviewed him in the Townsend Hotel once. Met Tom Cruise, but that was not in radio. That was when I was bartending at a place called Taboo, which was downtown. Uh, on Franklin, right by the Renaissance Center. He was in town doing research for Days of Thunder. So, yep, met Tom Cruise there, and I met David Bowie at the State Theater, and also not radio-related. I met the biggest names I've met were not in radio, not when I was in radio. So, like, do you, like what did Tom Cruise just come in order of Miller Lite? And like, like, <laughs> did you do? Did you do cocktail lines to him? Oh, I hate that movie because it was a part made from peach. (laughs) Yeah. No, he was, he was in town doing research for days of thunder. That's exactly, it was like 1988, 89, whatever that was. And uh, yeah, he's a wee fellow. He, uh, he was at this nightclub with about six giant dudes around him. And uh, yeah, David Bowie was at the state theater. He was playing with his band tin machine. And uh, yeah, that's probably the big three right there. So my worst interview, uh, I've told the story a few times, but it's Lou Ferrigno, hands down. Oh, yeah, I've met him a few times. Because like I didn't want to answer the, could you beat up the new Hulk or would he beat right. you? You know, because everybody, I'm like, I, I want to ask something stupid. Um, you weren't you weren't being a jerk and like waiting until his back was turned and then ask him a question. No, 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 <laughs> no. But uh, you know he's a sheriff, so I like I brought up. I know it's got to be you're in pretty cool company being with like Shaq and Steven Seagal and being a right. celebrity sheriff. And he went. He starts. I mean, yelling at me that they aren't real sheriffs. He oh really? Team. He puts in the hours. They're just. They, it's like a bullshit doctorate degree. And like, how dare you? And I'm like. Hey, would you like some dip, sir? Like, just completely out of the blue. I'm just asking a question, Lou. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It, Shaq, though, has like his master's in criminal justice. He's like, uh, he's a legit, uh, he's not a real sheriff, but he's got the background in it. Like, I know that's what he studied anyway. But I guess you got to put in a certain amount of hours. Like, he's, I'm on the dive team. And, and I was like, all right, buddy. And then there was the second worst one was. Oh my God, Randy! Who's the guy on the Office? Uh, Stanley. Um, he, I watch the Office. Oh, he's Stanley yeah. from the Office. And I was like, I forget. He has like a really insanely uh, impressive background. Went to Loyola Chicago, master's degree. Um, oh, B.J. Novak. 
No, 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 no. The the, the black guy. Whenever you say like eye roll on on like a gif on Facebook, it's always him. Uh, Leslie David Baker. Thank you. And I was like, I go, I was talking about like super impressive background. I go, how did you parlay that into, into acting? And he goes, I've always wanted to be an actor. Like just and then just stop talking. Ah. And I was like, how does it feel being a human meme? Like you know, like eye roll. Like you own the internet. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. And I'm like. Okay, that's the end hey. of that. Yeah, I didn't even. Thanks for joining it. us. Three I names. didn't even publish it. Like, yeah, no, it's just, come on. You know what's so fun? Speaking of podcasts, I, I'm a big fan of the Smartless podcast, which is Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett, and they come out with a new one every Monday. They record it over the weekend, like on a Saturday, and then on Monday they have a new one. So it was Tom Hanks today, and the the thing they do with each podcast. Only one of them knows who the guest is going to be. So they take turns getting a guest. The other two don't know who it is until they appear on the screen. So they had Tom Hanks on today. And the opposite of this guy, Tom Hanks never really wanted to be an He didn't really try to be an actor. He, in high school, he saw, the, oh, that's cool. You get to have fun. He saw his friends doing you know, drama. You get to have fun and you get credit for it. Yeah, I'll start doing it. So he started doing it that way. He goes, even when I got out of high school, I didn't think of pursuing acting ever. I just sort of fell into it. Now, this is Tom Hanks talking about it. And they're asking him about different roles he had. You know, like, you know, you met this guy to do there. And I mean, you were so, so many iconic comedy roles, you know, from Big, League of Their Own, Splash, on and on and on. I mean, how do you pick these roles? He goes, it, it was a job. You know, and I looked at it like, oh, okay, that would probably be kind of cool to do. And they, they were, okay, yeah, I'll audition for that one. It wasn't like, oh, I've got, he never, he goes, I never had that. Oh yeah, I got to get that role. I, I I need, that's me. I, that's the role of a lifetime. He was the opposite of this, of this guy. He just sort of fell into acting and because he thought it would be fun. And then obviously turned it into, you know, he's America's sweetheart. So I want he always angered me because to mm. me, he was like one of the top three funniest human beings for the movie Bachelor Party. Oh my God. Right? He's he's a genuine, he has a natural comedic bend for sure. Yeah. And and like when he started doing all of the the stuck on an island Forrest Gump movies, I was like, like this guy's like one of my like it's kind of like Adam Sandler doing like some stupid romantic movie and not just do the guy just do the line adam you know yeah dance monkey dance i always felt about uh tom hanks because i i loved him so much in bachelor party and bosom buddies well oh, bosom bosom buddies was a great show he taught and the, the other guy just died last week peter scolari he died last week he did 66 years old wow. cancer but he talked about him on the podcast he's, he's one of my best friends still but yeah, Bosom Buddies, all the funny movies he made. And then he did uh, Philadelphia. That was the first serious oh, yeah, movie yeah, yeah. he did. And then he did Forrest Gump. And then he, you know, uh, Shaving Ryan's Privates or whatever it was called. And that's, uh, yeah. that's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he in that? No. Um, but yeah, no, it was just sort of interesting that yeah, he just he wasn't really never even thought about being an actor. He sort of fell into it and then ran with it, obviously, once he got there. But So, yeah, totally the opposite answer of what I got from the other guys. Like, well, I've always, right. you know, I'm like, ah, geez. What I wanted to do. I'm an actor. So. We interviewed uh, 
Leah Thompson once, and I introduced her oh. as the, the star of Howard the Duck. Leah Thompson, how are you today? You know, <laughs> obviously, I was yelling a little bit, but like she's like, what? Like <laughs> of all the of all the the film I've done, that's the one. I go, yes, that's the one. You know, all all the right moves. Classic. Tom Cruise feels her up in that movie. It's awesome. About oh, yeah. high school football. It's a great movie. So, Bill, hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut yes. you loose. We're at the top of the hour. What? I thought we had like another two hours or something. Nah, we could. We'll, oh. we'll do the, the 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 super uh, the super secret pay, Patreon room. Uh, is that what the <laughs> podcasting? Um, no, um, but hey, we can find you online. LinkedIn, Bill McAllister. That's MC Capital A. Find John, find John. Don't Facebook friend you. No, maybe you know. Follow you. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> or you can. Look, uh, or you can get me a, up. Maybe I'll accept you. Or you can go, uh, go to podcastnation.com. Uh, you can email him at bill at podcastnation.com. Bill McAllister, seriously, I uh, love spending time with you. I love uh, talking yeah. to you and uh, look forward to uh, seeing what's next on the horizon with you. Yeah, you got it. Hey, let's go to Minneapolis this weekend. I, I, I Oh, my God. We're, we're roommates, aren't we? We're bunk buddies. Are we really? <laughs> you're going to hate my guts after this weekend. Ideal said, he says, yeah, you two are rooming. I thought he was kidding. No, no. Yeah, you're going to hate my guts. Why? What do you do? Let me know now. What what sleep habits do I have to look out for? Just snoring yeah. and farting, man. Just and, and is this going to be bad? It's going to be bad, isn't it? You didn't hear me. I, I said just snoring and farting. That's it. Oh, okay. All right. That's okay. You know, here's something. And I know you guys are tra- wrapping up here. I don't know if anyone has taken this into consideration, but uh, clocks fall back Saturday night. You get See? an. Ex- now I used to always DJ at the post, and the Halloween party, the clocks always went back, so the Halloween party always went to three o'clock. Yeah, so, so like, you get an extra time. hour. Yes. So when we're like the kids were trick or treating yesterday, and I'm like, it's still light out. It's never light out when you know. Yeah, next week. Pushed a week back. Yeah. Now, why don't they do? Speaking of daylight savings. Yeah. I'm going to petition the government. I'm going to the World Health Organization. Everybody, the CDC, make it happen. MTV, yeah. Make it backwards so it's always dark at seven o'clock. It doesn't. It, it, I say just leave it, and that's just okay. So it's dark at, at you know eight o'clock in the morning. That's just how it is. That's just how it well, is. Instead of being dark at five and dark at nine, make it backwards. Always dark at seven. Someone's gonna probably yell at me and say it doesn't work that way, you asshole. But <laughs> I, I want to say it anyway because it makes sense to me. I'd 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 be all for it, but you know. I can count on your vote. Speaking of vote, vote tomorrow. Um, actually, oh, yeah. Two, right. two days uh, before the show's published. So, yeah, vote two days ago. Um, <laughs> hey, we're gonna... I hope everybody voted on Tuesday a couple of days ago. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hey, we're going uh, to wrap things up for episode 416. Thank you, Bill McAllister. Appreciate the time. I'm all right, guys. Do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. Bye.